Hey everyone, Ruckman here. It's been a little while since I've talked to you guys, um, but I just wanted to preface that this episode is longer than our usual episodes. You know, we usually go for that uh, one hour to one hour, ten minutes type of run time, but we're hitting Zendikar spoiler season, so the next couple episodes are probably going to run a little longer as there's going to be a lot to talk about and a lot to get through. So this episode's running over one hour, 40 minutes. Um, and hopefully the next couple of weeks after we get through all the Zendikar spoilers and all the big talking points, we'll cut back down in that shorter runtime that, I, at least in my opinion, is a little more digestible to everyone. Another thing I want to talk to you guys about is at the end of the episode, uh, we mentioned the fact that this weekend, uh, as of this episode airing, uh, we are now running a Patreon. And I just wanted to bring that up at the front of the episode as well. Uh, so essentially the Patreon... Uh, it's going to be made of three tiers. Uh, crew member is going to be a $1 tier, and what that lets you do is um, we will add a running list of sort of credits of our patrons to any uh, streams we have and any videos that we make, because again, we are trying to slowly get back to getting on to our YouTube deck text, and hopefully Zendikar will help kickstart that. Our middle tier is going to be Praise the Wag at $5 a month. Besides the patron shoutouts, you will get a uh, monthly piece of exclusive content, whether that be an extra stream, where we just play some party games, hang out with everyone, open things up a little more to the audience, or a bonus episode of the podcast uh, where we just sort of talk about our normal lives and things like that, a little more off-topic, a little more things outside of Pioneer, outside of Magic. Uh, so if you definitely love our brand of humor, you can see a lot of sort of how we are a little more outside. And I definitely think... I think I might have convinced Ricky to maybe uh, produce a sing-along album uh, with some of our favorite Ridiculous Road songs, and you know how horribly we like to sing. Uh, so expect some of those stuff coming down the line if you are part of that. Also, you do have the blessings of our Savior, the Almighty Brushwag. Uh, you know, hey, crew members, we, we respect you, uh, but if you want the full blessing, uh, you got to bump up that tier. Uh, and then our final and third tier uh, is for the high rollers who want to join the OG socials. And those are who are fans of the podcast that I'm talking about. When you join the OG social, uh, not only will you get unlimited salad and breadsticks and the patron shoutouts and the monthly piece of exclusive content, but that will also include a monthly mailing of some signed cards and maybe a piece of uh, other uh, magic or gaming swag uh, from one of the members, sort of curated by one of us. And any usually it will contain at least some cards. Uh, mostly will be cards. Then you know, outside of that, maybe uh, you know, Christmas. Maybe we get some special sleeves or stuff like that. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be a monthly mailing from one of us. And any cards we include will be signed and will be relevant uh, to the show to us. And they aren't just going to be sort of random draft chaff we pull out of trade binders. Uh, so that's, again, for the, the people who uh, are the real high rollers of the crew and who find us, want a little more of us in their lives, I guess. Um, but anyway, this Patreon does not lock out anything we currently offer, so the Discord will maintain and stay open and free to everyone. The YouTube and the Twitch will still run, except for that piece of uh, exclusive content. But like I said, we will happen monthly for those of the Praise the Wag or OG social tiers. Uh, now, why are we doing this? So the the show uh, does cost money to run, and you know, uh, even though we're all working, it is an extra cost on ourselves. Um, and you know, also this would allow us another revenue source to hopefully start uh, improving the content, 
maybe high, getting some editing stuff done uh, on the side outside of us doing it to help increase the content flow. Uh, so again, um, all of these things that uh, you guys have known to come and expect from us are not going to be limited by the Patreon. The Patreon only adds bonuses to what we normally provide for you all. And if you are so inclined or feel comfortable uh, in a position to help donate to the show, uh, you can feel free to please join one of the tiers. Uh, and if you can't monetarily help support the show, uh, sharing us with your friends, uh, following us on Twitter, retweeting the things we do, sharing our streams really help go a long way to get more eyes on the show. Uh, because while we're still growing and we're still a little bit of a small fish in the sea of magic content creators, with Pioneer slowly getting close to dropping on Arena, uh, we definitely want to become one of the preeminent sources of Pioneer content uh, for everyone around. Uh, so that's, and this is just got another way of helping us achieve that goal. So thank you guys uh, for listening to this pitch. Uh, and thank you for weekly welcoming us into your homes, into your cars, into your ears. Um, yeah, I, I can't say much besides I love the community here. Everyone's awesome. And hopefully this Patreon is just a way to add more value than we already do and help increase the quality of content uh, at a faster rate than we've already been trying to improve things. Thank you all. Enjoy the episode. And let's get ready for Zendikar. is going to run Ruckman here with an episode of Crew 3 Podcast. With me as always, my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. How's it going? So we got a little bit of an interesting episode for you guys. It's, we kind of broke it up a bit. Uh, we're going to use some that time travel mumbo jumbo that I did to uh, bring back the previous pie bet that was made. And again, Ricky, that is Chris has until Valentine's Day to get two rhinos and a top eight deck list. Oh, that's right. I, I bet against Siege Rhino. With with an option to renegotiate when Arena hits. Okay. Um, I, so, I like this one. So we're going to use that time travel to – we're going to cut to probably Wednesday, I think. Just a little bit more talk on spoilers because more will be out. But we got a couple to talk about. We've got some leaks to talk about a little bit. Um, and I think we're going to fill with – actually, we'll probably do a, a Does It Slap double feature because we got a bunch backing up. We want to get a bunch double of those slap. out before – before Zendikar hits, we're getting a little double slap action. For those Pokemon just, fans and, out there. And just because there wasn't anything crazy in the league deck list to really talk about. So, before we get started, gentlemen, who played Magic this week? We played Magic in our historic event on, was it yeah. Friday? Yeah, it was Friday. Yeah, I was just like, man, I miss FNMs. Uh, and historic on Arena has been really fun. Uh, so, who wants to play? Yeah, I I have a, a, a rant to go on about that in, in a positive uh, manner, because even though it wasn't a lot, it was really just kind of um, a, a profound experience to me. And then it kind of gave me a lot of nostalgia, um, mm-hmm. breaking it down for those of you guys who, who aren't on our discord. I think it's a great time to join, even if you're not active uh, in the talking about it. These just pick up events that we run are great practice. It's a it's been a kind of a tough time for me personally in the last month. I've known. Um, I've just had three people that I, that I know of kind of pass away for, for mental health reasons. And it's just been a pressure on a lot of people. So this was like a really nice thing just to kind of hang out with people in the community and talk and just have a very, very fun time playing magic again. That really the only people that I've played magic with in the last, like what, four or five months has been you guys and people Mm -hmm. on the internet that I don't know. 
Sure. So there was zero pressure. Um, the first, very first game I played, I made a, a pretty significant mistake in not realizing that my opponent had a green mana up, but it, it just, it didn't matter. Like there was no, like it wasn't embarrassing. It's just like, sometimes you just make mistakes. Like nobody's perfect and it was totally fine. And the guy was even like a super nice guy. And he was like, uh, Oh, well, I even like drew my, um, uh, what's it called? Scavenger use against you. Cause I was playing red, black Croxa. And he was like, oh, I only have two, so that was kind of a lucky draw. And I was like, no, I mean, your deck did what it was supposed to do. And it was fun, and it was pleasant, and it was something that I kind of realized, oh, you know, kind of kind of picking up the way. And then I played a match against Wombat, and that kind of reminded me about the old times playing with Ricky and practicing for PTQs back in the day, you know? And it was super fun. I played really a lot more clean than I did in my first game, especially because I was just kind of talking it out with Wombat. That's what reminded me of the uh, times with Ricky is just like I was also there for the Wombat game. I know you're there for the Wombat game. You were in the you were in the call with me. Several people were in there for the Wombat for yeah. the Wombat game. Yeah. But um, talking it kind of through with Wombat and you were there kind of chatting it up was a lot of fun. I think it made me play better. And it kind of reminded me of those times. Remember me like my favorite player growing up was not a, a big name pro player, but it's just a guy named Sam Friedman. And he's a multi-time GP top eighter. And um, he now coaches like football in, in South Texas, but he's just a really, really pleasant guy. And watching him practice was like eye opening for me and really made t- took my game to the next level. Because what he would do with the other semi pro in the area, uh, Bernie, was talk through what they were supposed to do, what they thought their opponent was supposed to do right? Talking through their plays in a way to be like, hey, we're not trying to, we're trying to learn, right? The objective Mm -hmm. of this game is to learn our decks as quickly as possible. And then obviously, like seeing them was the first time I saw them go, hey, we're going to play a lot of sideboard matches because you play two out of three games, if it goes to three, sideboard, you know? So they played a little bit pre-sideboard, but a lot post-sideboard, which was really, really cool. So just that event, um, I really hope we get more and more people going. It's already grown by a couple members, uh, those pickup events. And I hope we have a lot more of the historic ones. That was a lot of fun, and I really see the the upside of those. So I want to thank Ruckman for putting it on, and just kind of I would have never thought to just organize one of those. So Ruckman did a great job organizing, as always. Had a lot of fun playing, talking to several people, meeting them, adding people to our to my friends list. I realized I had like two friends on Arena, so now I've got a few more. And uh, yeah, just what a wonderful time that was. Yeah, and I mean, like it was great, and you know, uh, I liked it a lot. Um, I'm definitely probably I'm not going to say they're going to be like a weekly thing, um, but expect like at least once a month of just that on top of the the usually scheduled uh, webcam event. Of course, our next one coming up is going to be uh, the Saturday that this podcast comes out on. So mm-hmm. uh, be sure to sign up for that and go play some webcam for the coveted crew three championship crown. All right. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. And I mean, yeah, I, you know, Chris talking about making bad plays. Uh, I think I played a bad deck. <laughs> um, actually, I, I like my deck a lot. I just played Soul Tide good stuff. And I realized, man, uh, without Fatal Push, it's not great. It's tough. Yeah. Fatal Fatal Push is such a big thing in Pioneer. Uh, but definitely as Pioneer will hit Arena, uh, I would say expect more of those things to happen. Just like a quick, like, um, you know, I had you guys had like a day notice, um, but they they have like the things like the MCG Companion app that'll make it a little easier just to, for like a quick like. All right, mm-hmm. guys, uh, we have like in thirty minutes. Who wants to play like a three round thing? Right, right. Just to throw throw a bunch of names in there. It was nice to see guys kind of like a, a a night heads up to sort of figure it out. I think Friday was a good time. I could see like a Thursday night being good, like a Saturday Sunday. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so just keep an eye out. Like they're not going to be very scheduled. They're just going to be chill, come play, have some fun. Uh, some mostly probably historic maybe we'll throw in a standard I'm not sure but 
definitely historic for sure. It's a lot of fun. And I think historic will also, uh, I think, get people a little more prepared for a lot more Pioneer play than is probably standard will. Oh, yeah. I think with Pioneer coming, we're finally going to hopefully like realize kind of a lot of some of the community stuff we've been wanting to do. I feel like a lot of the stuff kind of now is practiced in formats that we we like, but I just don't care quite as much about as I as I do Pioneer. So, yeah, I think like I think we're going to be a lot more accessible. I think we're going to be a lot more ready to throw events together, even more than we are now when Pioneer comes out. It's just also like I have I've been just starting to dislike mtgo more and more not that it's bad but like the quality of life on is just so much better and whenever i have to like don't get wrong like we're gonna keep streaming pioneer on mtga on on mitgo mtgo whatever you want to call it right Mm -hmm. uh i just like dread it more and more every week that i'm just like oh arena's so nice and then i go back to mtgo and then you're switching back and forth and i'm just like forgetting how each thing works half the time and so it'll be nice to have everything under one nice smooth umbrella and i think you know, uh, if you have a somewhat active MTGA account, you'll be able to play at least one or two more decks than you would just for free on MTGO. So, mm-hmm. so that's definitely a really good thing. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad you were able to join us. Hopefully Ricky can jump in on the next one. They were a lot of fun, and I think everyone had fun too. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, anything else? I mean, we tried a Supreme draft and then I lost my mind when Ricky told me to turbo draft and said it was going to be very fast. And I played a 30 minute long game and just really wanted to go to bed. I don't know I how that happened. I really don't know how that happened. You must've been really bad at it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Says the man who essentially puppeted me the entire time. All I'm saying is that I was casting two five fives with haste every turn and my opponents were just conceding on turn three. I don't know how you managed to go 20 turns with somebody or like at least how like how you managed to not get stomped. Like those games are just like you stomp or you get stomped and you move on with your life and it's really fast and really fun. I actually really enjoyed it. I think that if there was a format where it worked, it was an Ikoria draft. Um, for those who don't know, Turbo Draft was uh, uh, everything costs five colorless less. The draft sure. format in Ikoria, mm-hmm. triple Ikoria draft. Uh, so you could play your crystals like the triome crystals for zero so they were moxes nice and uh you could cast like the six mana five five haste cycling guy for one red mm-hmm. and greater sandworm for two green so if you guys want to see me progressively lose more and more of my mind uh you can go find the replay of that stream for the next like week or so that'll still be live uh, and just watch a man just grow slowly and say not even slowly it was pretty fast yeah it, it devolved pretty quickly I think the Supreme I, Draft was way weirder. Uh, I, mostly because to, you have we'll, to deal with MTG. We'll try the Supreme Draft again, I think, when Modern Horizons does it, which I think filters over like this week sometime. So if I go to the Supreme Draft, I just want to try it again. Um, I think having all the different packs of Ravnica made it a little weirder. So you're not entirely knowing what to expect. Um, but it was still fun. And Supreme Draft is just uh, instead of passing packs to your opponent, uh, you just are given 18 packs. And you pick two cards for every pack. And I think Ricky was talking about we're just going to do it in person and just throw every card we don't pick in the trash. <laughs> that's what that's what Wizards wants, right? Like, it's just, I don't know. It just seems like the most wasteful thing in the world. Like, I understand it, it works, like, if you're distance playing, right? Yeah. But like, just play a sealed league. Like, you can play sealed league at a distance with a webcam. Like, you know, you just sort of, like, everybody opens six packs and you play your sealed decks and then... 
like every week you could like add two more packs together yeah. and you just keep going and it's fun. Um, you can do that from a distance, but like Supreme Draft ain't it. It's not fun. It feels just like it doesn't even feel like as baller as it should be. Yeah. Like it well, should, yeah, it's, it's, it's like Ravnica, right? Maybe it'll feel baller when it's Modern Horizons and, and I have like three Urzas in my deck. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> you didn't think about that, did you? No, I didn't think about that. Uh, the, I don't know, it just seems like it's probably fun once and then not yeah, again, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, it was a good like $10 experience. I'll give it that. It's like, I, uh, I, it's like the Almond Camry Master Drafts. Everybody yeah. should do it once and then no more. I'm yeah, more exactly. into like trying to like uh, draft the stupid uh, don't draft this pack. Oh, okay, the, sure. The Zendikar packs that are like not to be drafted. Yeah. I'm like, I'm more interested in trying to draft those than yeah, I am I'm trying to, to I'm down to buy, buy a box and try that. That sounds I, fun. I picked up a box. I hope they're good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a box that over as opposed to a regular booster box. So, All right. Anyway, uh, let's take a quick look at that Pioneer metagame now. Uh, real fast, going to our 14-day according to G Goldfish as of Monday, August 31st. Uh, over in 12th place, you have Azorius Control, Azorius Spirits. Uh, falling pretty far down is Jun Sacrifice. Wow. Uh, Orzhov Auras. In our top eight, we have Monored Aggro, Rakdos Pyromancer in number seven. Number six, Holding Strong, Mono Black Aggro. Uh, sort of just moving back up the ranks a tiny bit. In fifth place, you have Esper Control slash Esper Yorian. Uh, falling now down to fourth place, Niv to Light. Uh, in third place, Jeskai Luka in big shakeup. Number two, Mono Green Planeswalkers. The wow. new number one spot, Wilderness Reclamation. I was gonna say just, Wilderness just barely eking out Mono Green Planeswalkers by half, like by like not even 40 percent of a point. Wow. Uh, this is a standard deck. It is a standard deck. So, you know, um, hey, if you guys have played standard on Arena in like the last year, uh, you already have this deck from Pioneer Hits. It there literally, look at it. Like, look at the list. I think two is it charm is the only non-standard card. Uh, sometimes they also play uh, Anger of the Gods. Oh, they do have three Anger in the board. Yeah. Everything else here is standard legal. Yep. Oh, okay. It's not standard legal because Wilderness Reclamation was banned in standard. Right. Sure. But yeah. They, they were standard cards in the last year. What a mess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much more we could talk about this deck. I mean, it just does all the things, right? Like, you get a Reclamation down and just now you get to play Magic on your opponent's turn. And, hey, you've got four Mystical Disputes and Negates and is it Charms. So the odds that your opponent's going to land a Teferi are pretty slim. Is Teferi still legal? Yes. Good. I, I Like, I've been anti-Teferi for a while. But uh, I think Teferi's the hero we need. Coming around on it, huh? I'm, like, I hate this deck. Uh, When I made my, like, March to Mythic in Historic, this was the number one deck. Right, It got banned in Historic. And, like, just, it's just like you lose to a Teferi. Like, the whole deck just falls to Teferi. And so I started playing Kethys to get myself into Mythic. And, like, it was so much easier with the Teferi. And they banned my Teferi. But, uh, you know. They also banned Reclamation, so. They did also ban Reclamation. True. This deck is just not, I don't think it's fun to play against. Aw. I don't like this deck. Talk about, sure. like, the, the just go over the top decks. They're, 
they're, in my opinion, a problem in Magic in general. I, I just like Wilderness Reclamation because, like, when I was playing Standard and Arena um, early on, it was a deck that I found success with. It was one of the few decks I found success with and really liked, uh, just because the flash style strategies generally something that is it does. But you know, now that uh, green is the most powerful color in Magic, uh, hey, we played blue green. You know, so I I do think that there's just it's there's too many gritty decks out there. Um, and that's well, I mean, it's, be... it's easy to agree when you have Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath and Growth Spiral. I mean, you're exactly right, right? Like, I just I think we've seen it where it's like even modern now, one of the number one decks is Field of the Dead. And it just plays a lot of standard cards, right? Like Growth Spiral is the, you know, it's not quite the same, but it's kind of almost like the new Brainstorm, right? Where it's just it's in every deck, you know? If you're yeah. playing blue, you're going to need to find a reason how, that you're not playing How many green. months on the clock does Uro have left before it's banned like, everything? But I'm like, not sure. They keep printing standard cards that are just so over-the-top pushed. Like, it's like Pioneer is a great format where you get to play all the cards all the way back to uh, Return to... No, wait, sorry. Guilds of Ravnica. <laughs> right. That's how far back the cards, cards are legal. Yeah. Right. Like, it just feels like, ugh. And I'm glad there's Thoughtseize. Like, I, I, I literally want any card that's printed uh, pre-War um, of the Spark, uh, I just want to keep. And I want to only ban new cards now. Like, Thoughtseize should stay forever. Uh, uh, Inverter should never have gone. It was just Thassa's Oracle. Right. Yeah. I think slowing that combo deck down, I think gives us a little bit different of a format instead of just banning it entirely. Same thing with the walking below stick is again, the problem that you have now, I mean, you know, we, we got some heat for talking about like, Oh, you know, why are you even looking for Uro when we put out kind of our, like, Hey, our community ban list thing. And we made it, we made it more public maybe, but it was the whole point was to kind of garner some attention. And we were kind of like, Hey, like Uro's on the watch list. And we really want to, um, take a look at something else too. I want to say we did. People were like, "Well, how do? You, what are you going to say that Uro hasn't Ballista, even done anything?" Ballista and Uro were on the watch list. We banned Teferi. Yeah, and it was one of those points where it's just like, you know, well, you see what Uro is doing, right? Like, yeah. So this is almost like a justice moment for us. I feel like because it's like you know when you ban those combo decks entirely, which hey, again, I'm not necessarily complaining about, but this is what it's going to get to because the the power level of those cards, where it's like, you know, Thoughtseize is fine. But, you know, what are you going to do? Take my Uro? I'm going to recast it. I don't care. Like, you didn't do yeah. anything if you take my Uro is the problem. Niptolite is only a deck because of Uro and Teferi. It's just For like, sure. there there used to be a time when, like, sets would come out. And it would be like, oh, cool. Here's the modern card that they printed in it. Mm-hmm. You know? And sometimes that card would even see play. Or it would just be a reprint. Like, Theros came out and it was just like, cool. Thoughtseize reprint for modern. And, like... I don't know, like, maybe you can try Grey Merchant, maybe you can try Elspeth, but, like, uh, Brimaz, maybe, but, like, most of the cards weren't playable in Modern. Mm. And I know, like, Pioneer is different from Modern and stuff like that, but I don't know. It just feels weird that, like, most of the decks right now are all the new cards. Not that the format's bad or anything. I think the format's still shaking out. I just really dislike the Wilderness Reclamation deck, or or any of the decks where it's just, this is just Eldraine Standard, in pioneer but the thing is it's, like that's that was the problem in modern too before they started banning oakland stuff like that so like again it's like i i hear you but it's 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 like you said it's i don't know it's not really a fair criticism in my opinion of pioneer because this is what's happening everywhere right like right. field of the dead is now one of the strongest decks in modern and it's been banned everywhere you know that was a standard right. card 
up until this last rotation, I want to say. So it's like, you know, and, and that deck plays some other standard cards, right? It plays Grow Spiral because it's just so powerful. So like, you know, uh, Uro is everywhere. Some of these decks are everywhere. So again, the thing I, I, is like, Eldraine standard is just affected every format. I, I would like to also just point out, I love MTG Goldfish because they try to name every single deck to the best of their ability, but they have finally given up in modern. The top deck is just called Oro Piles. <laughs> is go. it really? Yeah. If you are just playing a stack of oh. cards with Oro, you are just an Oro Piles deck. Oh my god, that's so good. They know. They understand. They, they understand. understand. Right. They get it. It's like, what are you playing in there? There's like two, two Wilderness Reclamation, like maybe a Shadow of Doubt, some Gross Spirals. Sure. One Snapcaster, Oro's Piles. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, did like, you just like show up with a, a binder full of modern cards that you just threw into a deck? Like, <laughs> I mean, if you, as long as you got two Fields of the Dead and four Oro, let, and let's rock. Gross Barrel is pretty important part of that. Oh yeah, Gross Barrel <laughs> too. It's a free, it's a cantrip that ramps you for two mana at instant speed. Remember when? Remember when our two mana ramp spells were at sorcery speed and didn't draw you a card? Lamal. <laughs> Those were the days. Those like, were the days. It's really weird because like Gross Spiral is literally just explore but instant speed. Right. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't understand how, like, Explorer definitely saw play and it sees play in modern, right? Mm-hmm. And historic, but uh, I don't, I don't understand how Gross Spiral is the problem. I understand that Gross Spiral is part of like a root problem that just green cards are just too powerful. You didn't understand but, how Gross Spiral was the problem? I, I, I think the instant a part of it is what makes it a problem. Yeah, and the thing sure. is, too, it lets you draw a card before you put the land into play, right? So, like, right. Yeah. Explorer was like, you can play an extra card. Like, this is like a, oh, you think I'm at two, right? So, like, you don't get to make decisions because you see me on two mana, but at the when I untap, I'm going to be at four, right? So, again, it just allows me to play right. because there's no restrictions on colors. Yeah. One of my four mana wraths very quickly, and you didn't get to see it coming. At least with Explorer, it was like, yeah, I drew my card, but you got to know if I had a land or not. You know? Right, right. Fair so, I mean, enough, yeah. And it's not like it's a huge difference, so I see what you're saying, but, I mean, it's it's definitely a pretty big difference to be able to, like, hold up counter magic, right? Because, like, how many times do you play Sensor alongside your Gross Spiral? Right. Pretty sure. frequently, no. you know? Uh, or you Mystical You hold up the Sensor, if they don't Sensor, then you just Gross Spiral. Right. Like, I get how it is innately powerful. It just doesn't look as powerful, right? It's not like... Sure. Right. Like all the we'll other like clearly powerful cards from standard are just like this is Oro. Right. When he comes into play or attacks, you mm-hmm. gain three life and you draw, draw a, a card, card and, and you play ran. a land. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. can cast him out of your graveyard. Right. And this is a story of a girl. Yeah. You create a river down the well. Alright. Anyway, so enough of uh let's take a quick look at these challenges real fast, just because we've got some spoilers to talk about, we've got the dud slap to do. And there's nothing really great in the leagues. Uh, real quickly in the leagues, there's some red-green decks that are just more less burst versions of the red-green deck I like to play with Galea. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Ricky, someone played your uh, white-green Auras deck to a 4-0, to a 5-0 in a league. Hey. Um, good. Uh, Black-red's back again. That deck we talked about last week, that was just the aggro build with a license disintegration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm keeping an eye on that deck. You know, we we talked about that deck a little bit. In uh, our challenges, so over on the 28th, our top eight is uh, it was being first of all it was taken down by Rakdos, uh, which is the the Pyromancer build. Nice. Um, so again, that's just your Stitcher Supply, your Dreadhorde Arcanist, essentially the deck that's taking over Historic right now, and that we've talked ad nauseum about in the past. Right. Yeah, because I love playing it, especially. 
Uh, rounding up the top eight, Monogreen Planeswalkers, Naya Winoda, three more Naya Green Planeswalkers, Monogreen Planeswalkers, uh, seventh Orzhov Auras, eighth uh, Boros Burns, that classic Luris Burn deck list, right? Mm-hmm. Um, nothing really else fancy. Uh, actually, in 16th place, there is a Boros deck um, that's kind of like Boros Heroic. I don't know, like it's playing uh, Seder Hoplite, Favorite Hoplite, Selfless Savior, Cartouche's Blessing, and then like Cartouche, White Cartouche, Consume the Fervor, Ethereal Armor, Fur of the Bitten, so it's the Boros version of the, the Auras deck. Uh, no SRAM here to really keep building that draw power going. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of interesting, right? Uh, nothing really else besides that deck struck out to me in that one. Anything strike you guys? No, I think you pretty much covered it for this. This is this is kind of an off week where we're going to go over spoilers. If there's a, a bigger shakeup with somebody like bringing back the dominance of like uh, yeah, I, I, I think we kind of have a strong idea what the format is. We're just going to see some shuffling around here and there on the top seat probably until Zendikar comes out, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. I mean, you know, unfortunately it really took a weird turn because of how long Inverter was going strong for so long so that we don't really have a lot of time to play this format right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're seeing a pretty di- a diverse and decent metagame here, right? Sure. A lot of them are dirtly decks, but again, there's the the really good mono black players are are navigating the format well. Yeah, because here in the 830 challenge, taken down by Niv to Light, uh, in second place, you have Mono Black Vampires. Mm-hmm. So there's the Vampires build. Uh, we got to ask in the Discord a while back on whether or not to play Aggro or Vampires. Um, I was never super impressed uh, by the Vampires version versus Aggro, uh, but I think a little more of a controlling meta, the Vampires version is probably better because you have more draw effects to keep your – and just more card advantage than the – the recursion that the mono black aggro offers. Right. Uh, mono green planeswalkers, mono black aggro, Rakdos. This is again the the pyromancer, the Croxa version, Niv to light, Esper control, and what is this? Uh, Soul flare. Oh no, this is dredge. Oh, dredge. There you go. Yeah, playing uh, breaking, entering, creeping, chill. Uh, Brokos apex of forever. That's interesting. Brokos. Uro, Silver Smoke Ghoul, Prize the Malgam, Lolith Troll. That's kind of a cool one. Lolith Troll there. Um, I don't know. This deck's interesting, right? We haven't seen. At first, because I saw Lolith Troll, I thought it was uh, Soul Flare, but no, this is like a dredge deck. Um, not playing Grizzly Salvage. Why would you not sure. play Grizzly Salvage? I guess you're playing Break Cannery. Yeah. God, that's greedy. Worked out and, for him. Huh? I said it worked out for him. For sure. Uh, all right. He's got his Driven Despairs on the board. Demonic Embrace yeah. is pretty sweet. Mm. This deck looks hot. Yeah. I dig. I dig. I jam. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, anything else here? Let's Before we kick it over to our first official Zendikar spoilers. No, let's get into those real quick. All right. So we're going to do these two spoilers real fast. Uh, we'll talk about potential leaks. Um, so we'll put a disclaimer for those if you don't want to listen to that before we kick it over to our future selves for some more uh, spoiler highlights. Uh, so we got two spoilers so far uh, in the the header into the big stream tomorrow. Uh, we have Jace Mirror Mage and Nahiri Air of Ancients. We've talked a bit about these on the Discord already with everyone there. Um, I mean, which one do you want the guys to want to tackle first? Jace. Let's tackle. All right, let's talk Jace. Ricky, what does Jace do? Jace is a three mana, four loyalty planeswalker with kicker two. 
uh, if you pay Kicker and he enters the battlefield, uh, you make a token that is a copy of Jace Mirror Mage, except it's not legendary and its starting loyalty is one. Uh, for plus one loyalty, he scries two. For zero, you draw a card and reveal it and remove loyalty equal to that card's converted mana cost from Jace. Okay. So ideally, right, we want to hit that kicker so we can use the little, the baby one to set up the scry for the zero of the other one, right? Correct. I think this card is good. Yeah. I mean, I I think like in an Esper shell or something like that, right, in a more controlling shell, I think he'll, he'll fit in interesting like a flex like one or two man, like one or two copy slot, right? Um, so like the big thing is he has to contend with Narset in Pioneer. That 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 is definitely the big thing, right? And I think that Narset's probably a little better than Jace Mirror Mage on average. Sure. Um, but I do think that Jace Mirror Mage is going to be very, very, very good in standard. Mm-hmm. And I like the design. Mm-hmm. In Pioneer, like maybe like the thing is if you can settle your opponent's board and they don't rebuild immediately. Sure. Um, then you just untap and Jace Mirror Mage with Kicker, and then you are just, like, in the driver's seat from there. Yeah. But I don't know how often that might happen. Yeah, he's Even, definitely going to... He, he actually might be a good, like, sideboard planeswalker. The thing for is, the like, grind, For the grindier matchups? For, like, the grindier matchups and stuff like that, uh, Narset is better... Because like it shuts down other. Well, I'm damage. I'm thinking if you're already deck playing Narsets, right, and you have right. like one or two copies of this in the board, you can board into these, right. Where if you have to play it out early, you know you're still going to get a decent amount of value. But if you can play him for the full five, that's where mm-hmm. he's really going to be at his best, right? Right. So it's just like is he that second body, right? Like the the absorbing that more damage is probably was going to be worthwhile, right? Yeah, or at least like just getting like uh, the whatever removal spell your opponent has, like the eliminate, mm-hmm. like the eliminate takes up the main one. You still have that like other one sitting around that's just scrying you to every turn and getting bigger. Well, eventually they're going to flip right after a couple turns, the token's going to start being the one that zeros while the other one starts ticking back up. So eventually they're going to like roll reversal. Honestly, I think you're supposed to just like, I think you're only supposed to take the card if you're going to play it because you have to reveal it. Right. Or it's a land. So I feel like you're just always kicking them both up. I don't think you're going to be losing loyalty on the zero. Like, I think you want to, like, plus the little one, set up a land pickup and play your land for the turn. Okay. Because you don't want your opponent to have information. So the only okay, cards sure. you're really picking up off the top are, like, a Wrath or something that you really need right now. Sure. Or Teferi. The, or Teferi. The blue-white one, not the mono-blue one. Well, the, Which blue-white one? Five or three? Uh, The five. Okay, sure. I think that this card, and, and I'll talk more about it after... Um, we see the other card, but I think this is a good sign of the set. As far as power of, level's of, concerned? Of, of power level, yeah. I think that, like, I think that showing off these two Planeswalkers is, like, a a good faith motion, where they're like, no Oko's here, okay? <laughs> we're, we're not... You're safe. This is a safe space. Now. This is a safe space, you know? We're not gonna throw, like, an Oko at you. Like, these are the Planeswalkers. We're not going to give you another three fairy. Like, War of the Spark is leaving standard. You can rest easy. There's still going to be Planeswalkers, but they're not going to be, like, the best cards. Yeah, but hear me out. The Planeswalker we haven't seen yet is Nyssa. I know. Don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so Nahiri, the other one that Ricky's alluding to, is Nahiri, Heir of the Ancients. For two and a Boros, you get a four loyalty Planeswalker. 
plus one, create a 1-1 one, one white core warrior creature token. You may attach an equipment you control to it. Minus two, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a warrior or equipment card from among them. Put it into your hand. Put the bottom, Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Minus three, Nahiri Heir of Ancient steals damage to target creature or planeswalk equal to twice the number of equipments you control. I mean, neat. That's all I have to really say about this one. Yeah, I... I... I don't have anything good to say about it. That's for sure. I mean, I, I thought the again. Don't get me wrong. I, I like where we're going. You kind of have to. You kind of have to reset Planeswalkers um, yeah. in order to really, you know, kind of come out and, and creep the power level back up. But this is clearly a pretty hard reset on power level of the Planeswalkers. So I think you could certainly enjoy them. I think these would be fun in casual decks. I don't expect to really be playing either of these. The Jace one could be interesting, right? The fact that the, the second body is just so hard to quantify because. I, as far as I know, we haven't seen anything like that before, right? At least I've never played with anything like that before. Having that second body and how useful could that be? Of like, oh well, I can you know you know if I've done a good job of removing your creatures, you know I've got two planeswalkers sticking up to start digging four or to draw me the card that I need, right? Like it, it is quite a bit of digging, you know what I'm saying? You get to see what is that three cards between the scry and the draw? Yeah, like or if you four don't cards like you scry both times. Four cards if you scry both times, right? But if you need to see the card, right? I mean, so in effect, it's it's a repeatable ponder effect. And they've said, hey, ponder is too good for even modern. So, I mean, I definitely think there's some possibilities there. Do I like paying five for it with that that little loyalty? No, but who knows? Again, if, if the control decks are strong enough, which they are in a lot of formats, maybe there's something there. Nahiri, I think, is really going to come down to what equipment we get in the set. Sure. Nahiri looks like a Planeswalker that is... Um, also built both of these cards look like they're built for limited as weird as that sounds like not saying that they're not going to see uh, play in I other formats I think you've got a point but I'm saying like like have you I mean have you guys played some M21 limited I've played some M21 limited oh right? yeah right. And let me tell you about Chandra in M21 you cannot kill her she comes down with six loyalty and only pluses like she is not dying like and her plus is removal it's so stupid and so frustrating it feels awful to get stuck behind right mm-hmm and like uh, Teferi in limited can feel like such a house because he gets like he gets plus uh, two loyalty a turn and can also like activate on your turn to stop you from killing him and just like sits there and just is so impossible to kill in limited right and these both like these are going to be big bombs for my opponent but I'm not like out of the game you know what I mean sure like if Nahiri comes down she's like she makes the thing and like puts your common equipment on it and it's like oh man. I've got to sort of deal with that, you know? Jace comes down and it's like, wow, that's a lot of card selection for my opponent. I really need to get on answering that. But these are, like, answerable cards. Uh, I just think that they're, like, very well power leveled. They'll see some play in standard, probably. Maybe not Nahiri unless, like, we get Stoneforge Mystic coming back or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just think that these will be fine and limited, which is important to me because uh, I plan to play a lot of limited with this set, even though we haven't seen any of the cards because... I want to keep that mythic streak alive, but uh, I think these are really cool. Yeah. Do you want to quickly go over uh, Rosewater's little teaser? Uh, I don't know about the teaser. I know the leaks, though. Oh, I'm talking about his blogatog teaser. I didn't read it. Okay. Want me to go through it? I've got. It oh, the big one. I mean, that's that's we've been over that one a lot. I think we've Have talked we? about that one. Yeah, I think we've talked about that one. Where it's like the the four activated the four like the five type creatures the five creature type things and all that kind of stuff right 
Yeah, I think we've talked about that. The that one, I you know, they're they're fun or whatever. Um, I do kind of want to talk about the leak real quick uh, before we pause here for the time skip. And okay. Come back for it doesn't slap. I unless there's anything, the unless unless there's anything you really wanted to point out in the blog at all that excited you. Cowards can't block warriors is coming back. Uh, that's uh, a good one. That is a good one. Which makes um, sense because Nahiri obviously warriors. So also a. A Boros colored creature that begins with whenever and ends with draw a card. Hmm. Uh, and I, right. you had a pretty good joke about that. Yeah, it's it's whenever you lose the game, draw a card. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure you're not drawing cards in red white. Right, right. You have been. Hey, uh, one of the cards does it. This is a card that like whenever you target this with a creature spell, draw a card. It's card it's scries. Yeah, that's what it does. Um, I also like equal to twenty minus. Is a, is a quote of rules text somewhere. That's pretty nifty. Isn't there like a, an X where X has never been used before? It says an X for a variable that's never been used before, but that's way too, way too vague. Uh, vague yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, I do think that the, uh, the return of four mana symbols that each have only be used on two cards before is a uh, hybrid two. Hybrid two, sure. Because it was, yeah. it was, it was on the spectral procession and mm-hmm. Reaper King. Reaper King, yeah. But like white two never showed up again. Wow, spectral procession. Take it says back. like four of them because Omnath's going to be four colors. So I think Omnath's going to be uh, red two, green two, blue two. Right. Scarecrow uh, green part, part and then two, basically. Add black or white. Flip a coin. I don't know which one. Mm-hmm. It's going to be white if you look at the arms. Oh, okay. Very clearly the arms. Arm tech. I, I yeah. do think I want to I want to move on because obviously we've got a lot we're going to cover, especially if we're going to we're to come back. Sure, sure. But I do think that you know I was excited when like I remember like Alara coming out and you had the um, the Alara enchantment um, Eldrazi conscription combo deck. So like I think if they print you like almost like that colossal Warhammer type um, or almost Embercleave esque uh, equipment, I think Nahiri could be interesting, right? Because the first one was good and it was just fetching um, Embercool. So if this one can fetch some kind of like really powerful equipment, then that would be pretty cool. All right. So let's time skip here. All right. Thank you. Past crew three. Uh, so we're here. Uh, it's Wednesday. In the future. We, in the future. Mm-hmm. It's Wednesday. Uh, the, the big reveal uh, stream or whatever you want to call it was yesterday. Uh, we've got a few more spoilers. Uh, and we're just going to cover a couple of cards. We're going to go over the mechanics that were talked about and revealed in the set as a whole. Uh, before we get into that, there are also some other interesting announcements that were made. Uh, so we know the next slate of sets coming out. Uh, Call of Time, of course, the Viking theme set they've been kind of teasing for a little while or sort of been rumored about for quite a while. And I think people are definitely really excited about. Uh, then we have Strixhaven School of Mages. So we have our Harry Potter set. Nice. Uh, we have, instead of a core set, I think this is one I'm most excited about so far, uh, Dungeons and Dragons Adventures of the Forgotten Realms. So a whole D&D set. Ooh. Um, so hopefully, you know, maybe we'll see some sweet uh, Forgotten Realms legendary creatures. Maybe we'll get like a Drizzt. Yeah, it's, like that. it's, I'm excited for that. I think, you know, we, we play D&D together, so we're obviously, you know, excited to see what comes out of that. And I feel like they're kind of almost teasing that a little bit with the Zendikar thing, because I feel like almost Zendikar was like, was Zendikar like, I guess the whole game really is, but Zendikar kind of reminds me of the first, like, D&D 
kind of a set that Magic had. And the whole thing is kind of D&D-esque. It's owned by Wizards, right? So it's like you can make that argument about anything. But and I feel like here is kind of that that recall, just because it was more about the true adventuring, right? The adventure spirit. And I feel like this is almost like the, you know, Zendikar, what is this, Return to Return to Zendikar? It's yeah. The, it's the precursor to the D&D set, as we'll see with some of the mechanics. Also, I think it's important to note that because it's replacing a core set, mm-hmm. I'm going to, like, they haven't said anything right, but I think it's going to be a little more tuned. I, I, I'm assuming it's probably going to be closer to a core set. Because like, this is definitely, I don't know about reprints, mm-hmm. but like thinking like power level, right? Sure. Because I think this is going to be a set they try to bring in more of an audience with. With power level, like, you know, the last two core sets. <laughs> right. so, so pretty Which strong. Pretty strong, you know, yeah. Ugin yeah. and Azusa. Yeah, all right, fair. All right, you got me. All right. Uh, but definitely, I think, though, those are going to be a little more accessible than nor- like regular releases, just because I think that's going to be a good pull to try and get in more players. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another return set, uh, keeping that going, we're getting not one... But two Innistrad sets yeah. in the fall. So this time next year we'll have not one but two sets. Uh, Innistra- currently uh, named to be finalized, Innistrad Werewolves and Innistrad Vampires. We don't quite know how that's going to work yet. My theory is a lot of the set is going to be shared between each of them. And there's just going to be like a third or a fourth of the set is kind of different between them all. Yeah. Like Magic um, Red and Magic Blue version? Yeah. And then, you know, they, they teased a, a wedding, uh, but I was really hoping for a, a werewolf bar mitzvah. Right. Um, you ready to theory. hear my theory on it? What's your What's your theory? Twilight. Twilight. The set. Okay. Set. Are we you bring in Robert you? Pattinson. We bring in that girl. What's the girl's name? She was in Charlie's Angels. Uh, oh, recently. my God. Why? Who's the why girl you... in Twilight? God, she doesn't stop opening her mouth and staring at the camera. Right. I, yeah, much, actually, she was... much to everybody's chagrin. Anyway, oh tweet us. Tweet gonna, at us. We're going <laughs> to be shamed. Um, tweet it at us at well, Crew Three uh, Podcast or Crew Three MPG on Twitter, whichever we are. <laughs> uh, my personal theory is uh, you right. guys should hold out on that set and just wait for the uh, you know the remastered uh, yellow version that'll come out in a couple months later. <laughs> right. I hear that one's got Pikachu in it. MTG uh, yellow. Also, yeah. Also, and it was Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. That's it. Uh, yeah, Kristen Stewart. Who actually has a very solid career post-Twilight. Again, not many people saw it, but I actually really enjoyed Charlie's Angels. Yeah, yeah, seemed good. Um, what was, wasn't there another book that was competing with Twilight at that time? I know we have all kinds of time to talk about non-magic. Magic it's like things. Aragon and all those kinds of movies as well. Yeah, I feel like there was there was another one. It was like a Twilight versus whatever. I don't remember if it was Harry Potter or what, what the other young adult was. And there, there's a lot of those yeah. books that came out, right? Yeah, um, Well, I want that. I want yeah. uh, I want Hunger Games Magic the Gathering set now. Oh, okay, Ooh, all right. I'm in for that. Yeah. Um, that is all. So yeah, I mean that was all the announcements. Oh, besides, um, hey, we saw Date Nine. Are you okay, buddy? But he showed us that Magic Arena Mobile's coming out. Ooh, Magic Ooh. Arena Mobile. We're yeah. all about to lose our jobs. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> um, uh, also, yeah. uh, we skipped the most important announcement. Shoes. Uh, Time Spiral Remastered. Well, I was oh, yeah. okay. We were gonna get there. Time Spiral Remastered, In right? Paper? That one's okay. Yeah, that's pretty solid. It's she old border, old bordered that's... reprints of cards that are new that are new. Yeah. Great cards that have never um, had old border before. The set that I think is really gonna be uh, interesting to see is Modern Horizons two. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, not... they, hopefully they realize the mistakes of Modern Horizons one. Hogak two. 
No, I, I literally Hogak think here. I'm going to see Hogak again, but it costs one more colorless mana mm-hmm. like it matters, you know? Yep. <laughs> uh, and then you can go get some Jay shoes. Yeah. Um, and then not announced on the stream, but leaking online shortly after. Uh, hey, Ricky, do you want a life-size Chandra statue? You know, I've been thinking my room just needs like another human-sized <laughs> object in it. <laughs> also, For like, those days, you just feel lonelier. I don't know. <laughs> also, I, I have to say, I feel like the statue, I hope the statue doesn't look like that finalized because it definitely just looks like they scaled up the Chandra mini mm-hmm. from the hero scape knockoff they tried to make okay. because the face does not look great on that thing. The okay. face looks weird. I have, I have the Chandra Funko Pop. I have the Chandra posable action figure they, when they released that set of action figures. Yeah. And I have the uh, Chandra Funko Pop exclusive to Hot Topic that glows in the dark. Well, then now you need the five foot six Chandra life size foam Ricky, statue. Don't, hand don't you turn thirty this upcoming year? I don't actually. You don't? Are you two years younger than me? I am. Well, looks like you're not getting the Chandra then. <laughs> I was like, man, for your thirtieth birthday. And then, and then eventually you'll get your Chandra Bishojo statue. Oh, I'm looking at this statue. The face isn't great, right? It is bad. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, this is weird looking. Golly. If I, if if 1988 CGI could be summed up in one picture, this would be it right here. Right, like, I'm totally down for a display piece massive statue. Right. But, like, again, it looks like they, they just scaled up the regular WizKids yeah. Chandra miniature. Yeah, You know what would have been a dope, like, life-size, like, big piece to put in your house what uh like the gideon memorial mm-hmm. like from the what? rest in peace art sure that would have been dope that, that's like something cool it's like where you know people could display that, that would yeah cool man i want the i want the nicole bola statue they put out a year ago but it's like a thousand dollars yeah i think nicole bolas would be the one would be the one to get i don't want some like random memorial in my room people can yeah. be like what <laughs> Any, anyway the people are here for zendikar not creepy statues good uh, so we, we knew Kicker was coming back. Um, we also, uh, we didn't know Landfall was coming back, but now we, hey, Landfall's coming back. That's cool. We've got two new mechanics, however. Uh, one of them is going to be, I think, kind of interesting to see. I think, feel like it's a little more limited. Uh, but actually, Ricky, I think it's a mechanic that in, in our sort of just private conversation, you kind of, uh, you almost guessed it correctly or, you know, divined it as you will. I described this mechanic. I, I, I was saying that I wanted a tribal set that was based around trying to get different types in a mm-hmm. set rather than getting all the same type. Right. And I said, I want, for example, like a D&D based set where you need a fighter, a wizard, a cleric, and a rogue. Yep. And I don't know how, but I glimpsed the future, apparently. Yeah. That was exactly what happened. Like I said, we we maintain that you still have Rosewater's Newts and you still make him send you stuff the day before it comes out. I'm I'm upset that that recording got scrapped due to uh, insert random uh, issue here, but uh, I'm pretty amazed that I guessed this. (laughs) I'm impressed, that's for sure. You you definitely get the credit. Yeah, so so, at least like Ricky said, so parties is a mechanic that cares about having some number of clerics or rogues, warriors or wizards, each one kind of doing a different thing, right? Like there are some that say uh, for each member of the party, you have 
um, you know, some want a full party type of deal. We have cards that interact with them by just acting as other just multiple creature types. Um, and some of also just, you know, still tribal within themselves of just uh, clerics about clerics, rogues caring about rogues, that type of deal as well. Um, so it's going to be a pretty it's a it's a sort of it's the ally replacement for this set, right? Yeah, that's what kind of what we're talking about. And mm-hmm. I love allies so much, mm-hmm. but this is really cool. I mean, I mean I'll, t- I'll take this over the last version of ally we got. Yeah, rally was not a fun and cohort was really not that fun either. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I missed allies. I was hoping I was betting on some ally returns, but I'm yeah. happy to see this mechanic is also really fun. So, yeah, so that's pretty cool. The other mechanic, which is the sort of uh, change up mechanic they talked about is now we have modal double face cards. Uh, so now we have cards, uh, a mechanic that I believe sort of was leaked earlier, but not really highly discussed a lot. So all of your, so you have plenty of spells in the set, lots of uncommons. Uh, I'm going to guess maybe a cycle or two of rares. And then we've seen one mythic so far um, that are going to be a spell on one side and a land on the other. Uh, the land enters tapped, uh, except for the mythic. We'll, we'll cover that one here in a bit. And then, of course, we have a whole cycle of, not a whole cycle, there's six of them. Double face lands. You have three allied, three enemy. Uh, each of the colors have two uh, sides, except for white and red have three each. I don't know why those are the ones that got three. Um, I haven't been able to track down an exact reason. I think someone said in the weekly MTG they discussed it, and it was just sort of just a weird distribution they felt gave enough of the colors, multiple options, and limited. I don't know. I need to go back and see if we get an actual reason of why we only got six of them. Well, I thought like uh, like the last two Ravnica blocks we've had, right? Mm-hmm. they started introducing the Shocklands, but, like, split in two sets, right? Sure. So I thought it was really interesting, especially, like, right after Guilds of Ravnica and right after RTR came out, it was just, like, um, the decks that were thriving were decks that could use the mana better. Yeah. So it was, like, a lot of is it and Rakdos decks uh, early in RTR and stuff like that, and, like, the, the blue-white X decks really didn't surface until, uh, you know, we got the, the lands for... Hallowed Fountain. You know? Fountain mm-hmm. yeah. So I yeah. like when they split up the colors and like print as far as like as a standard player, I like when they don't print certain lands on time. Yeah, but I as a, also as a constructed player though, I don't like uncompleted cycles. And I don't know when we're gonna get the rest of this cycle. Oh, we're gonna get them probably in Strixhaven and Caldheim to each. That I sense. I don't know about that. I think that just means that we're gonna have double face cards and a plenty of sets going forward. Maybe it all depends on if they like this mechanic. Remember, like Rosewater thinks that he wants he needs to fix lands. He yeah, thinks that lands are like the worst mechanic in all of Magic. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I don't think so. I oh, like I so. lands. I know Chris thinks so. <laughs> I know a lot of salty Hearthstone players think so. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, depending on the time of day and what the current situation of my limited game is, I <laughs> right. might think so. <laughs> right, uh, right. But yeah. I do think ultimately. I think that the lands and like the risk reward of running less lands and like the like payoffs of getting just the right yeah. lands versus running too many, I think it's very good and like yeah. it makes the deck very I, interesting. At least at least the double sided lands. Um, I you know sweet we got the red green one which is great because uh, essentially my my thing is the colors that I'm upset we're not getting are like the Rakdos one mm-hmm. because right. these are going to be great I think for decks that don't have their fast land in Pioneer. Right. Yep. And then for, for decks that do have their past lands, I think now you can start going like, 
uh, like the Boros one right now, it's like, oh, do I want to play this or a Battlefield Forge? And that's going to be a little more of a conversation. I think this is going to easily be for, uh, at least in like the red-green one, right? If you're playing um, the red-green, like Show Me Land from Shadows, this is just a straight upgrade in my opinion. I don't think so. You don't um, think so? So like if you were playing like red-green aggro, especially red-green aggro, because that, that deck needs like double green a bunch and it needs like double red for their ember cleave and stuff like that like game trail will be your double red and your double green if you have a mountain and a forest in your hand maybe i don't know but i like, just this i have never like, liked playing you're locked uh blood karen or uh, these are definitely for sure better than i think like the cycling lands yeah because the cycling lands come to play tapped yeah. The thing is, he's always coming to play untapped, and I think that may be the argument for it, right? Like, I think yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, well, like, you have this once you have your other color, like, especially in, like, a Ruckman deck where it's like, we're playing Galia. Hey, we've got our red and our green, right? Like, whichever mm-hmm. one we drew, we've got the other one, and I think this does help a lot with the problem of it. Again, I I, I, I think we need to see these cycle, this cycle completed for Magic because it seems like a fair way to do dual lands where it's like, you know, I don't have to worry as much about... Um, yeah, which one I got, but because, it doesn't because have how, for how many colors. how many times have you played like an aggro deck where you just have like two show me lands and a check land in your hand, like, and you just you, all your lands are going to enter tapped. These right. also don't help check lands. Exactly. Right. True. 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 I, I, in my opinion, this is where I'm going to go into my my thing on these flip cards because I feel very strongly about them. Sure. And that is that like it. I agree a hundred percent. Uh, and I think a lot of players do. I, I, I think there's feedback that shows it as why. And again, not that it's necessarily right, but a lot of people feel this way, that lands are the problem with magic. So like, I think that these cards that could be lands are insanely good. And, and I'll clarify because I, I think that it's it's important for a lot of reasons because like, um, you know, in aggro decks, you're not going to want to come to play tap land just if you can at all avoid it. It's like, that's not what I'm talking about. And certainly there's a lot of just, like, random spells in here that I wouldn't play. But, like, if I could have my land also just be, like, a, like a Grey Ogre or, like, a whatever when I need it um, in a mid-range or even a control deck, I want that. I'm not saying it's necessarily right, but uh, I am very, very, very convinced that these are going to be played and very, very strong. Especially one that I've picked for my kind of preview card here um, that I want to highlight as part of it, but... Um, I really think that like the one I was looking at just for an example is like this random blue guy. This is whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, it gains flying. I'm not saying that card's going to be everywhere, but I'm just saying that like, you know, all the time we're looking for things to do with our mana, right? And once you've tapped up top deck that third land in a row, you will take anything to do with your mana versus nothing, right? Just that land. So just having a land that in a deck that you don't mind having, it comes into play tap land. I think is a game changer changes the whole game. That being said, in like pioneer, like we've got cycling lands, we've got lands that may end up being better than this. So I'm not really convinced it's going to like change life as we know it. But if like cycling lands weren't around, like, and these were out first, I think these would be like a staple in magic the gathering lands that do something else. We talked about, uh, Kaijudo as it was called, uh, dual masters, and uh, the, the that kind of had an interesting concept where all of your cards could be lands. And so I think this gives you, you know, a lot of... And we've only seen one really good Mythic one. So who knows yeah. if there's going to be ones that are going to be really yeah. impressive. But. Yeah, I think I think the Mythic is... I think I, I, I definitely get where you're at. Right. Um, and I think especially in Limited, these are going to be a very big deal. Probably, like, they'll show up a little more in the Standard. Um, 
And I think for more of the eternal formats, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like in Pioneer, like if these want to make a hit, like I think the Mythics, the Mythic cycle, if it is going to be a cycle, is probably going to, you know, I would assume they're all going to be pretty solid in Pioneer. Right. Uh, obviously, we don't know what they all are yet, but so far the first one they've shown off is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen one of the rare ones, and it's not like game breaking, but I think it's pretty solid, especially yeah. if you're just trying to like fill up late game like that's mm-hmm. definitely a good example of like an aggro deck card where you can fill up your hand sort of late game if you're just sort of drawing nothing right like dip mm-hmm. pitch your hand draw that many cards or you have an early land sure uh, but i do think like with the uncommon ones there's gonna be a really good quality check and i definitely like you saying that like mid-range to control decks kind of playing these cards right. uh because like i think if you're in the aggressive decks they're not going to be as great because if you're just paying like you know, I don't think you want the six mana, four five trampler uh, as one of your your flip cards in like an aggro. If you're playing like a low curve, like eighteen to twenty one land deck, right? Just because you don't want too many of those cards just taking up your land drop slots, right? And yeah, then you, I don't think the that card has as, as much value add. Um, so I think in a lot of the, the aggressive decks, I think like you know you're still looking at your muta vaults and stuff like that. But we've right. also you know have a lot more lands with better activated abilities, right? Like your castle locked wings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like the mythics and the rares are, we're going to really take a look at. Um, and at least for pioneer, uh, the uncommon ones are going to be kind of a stretch, but who knows? There could be some we haven't seen, but I love your point, especially in the terms of like limited, right? Like this is going to be such a great value add for limited. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I think limited is where you get the most quality of life improvement of this, where it's like mm-hmm. really going to make the big change. I think like pioneers limit, like I don't think you're going to see these in, in modern. There's just too much good stuff to be doing for sure. Sure. I, I think pioneer, you, you could see them. It just depends on like where the next, because the thing is like, you know, as we get more cards, like the power level of pioneer is really ramping up. We've already seen standard cards kind of just take over pioneer. So you know, it, this could be a little bit of a, hey, we don't need it. We've just got such powerful cards already. But even then, I just think, like, the big deal, like, really on some of these is, like, the the fact that the lands comes into play tapped, in, in my opinion, on these. Because, uh, like, some of the sorceries and instants I don't really care about. But, like, hey, if you could, if these things came into play untapped, you know, red decks are playing Gigantha. Just because it's like, well, late game, I got nothing better to do, right? Like, what's my opportunity cost? So I look at, like, what's my opportunity cost in these? And the comes into play tapped in the land part is, like, the huge one. But again, for the decks that don't mind that as much, I just go, again, like, what's your opportunity cost? Like, what are you really giving up to play some of these? And that's where I think you might see some more of these and just like, a, hey, I, I don't have to play 26, 27 lands anymore. I can cut this down to 23, 24 and play a couple of this random Grey Ogre. And again, they, you may not even have to, right? Maybe the rares and mythics are so strong that you're just like, actually, I get an insane card. So, um, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Ricky, you yeah, got an I opinion mean, on these? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm um, just going to get Ricky involved. The lands are just, uh, I think they're going to be really good in limited. Some of them will be really good in constructed. They set a very scary precedent for power level. Mm-hmm. But I've not seen Eldraine level power level cards printed in this set yet, which is good. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, Chris, I mean, we've talked lands. Do you want Do you want the first card? Yeah, since the first card is directly related to this, the first card that we're going to go over is the mythic of the, um, what are we going to call these double-faced land cards? Double face land, whatever you call them. Amiria's Call. It's four colorless and triple white for a sorcery. You create two four four white angel warrior creature tokens with flying, and then non angel creatures you control get indestructible until your next turn. That's something Ricky pointed out when we were talking about this before. Was your non angels get indestructible until your next turn, which makes your other creatures wrath proof. 
Um, we're talking about this in Pioneer mostly in like a Nykthos to take best advantage of that clause. So this card, I think we've all agreed, is insanely good. Like, that's a fine card as it is. And the fact that the flip side is a land that comes into play tapped. However, if you bolt yourself, so if you take three damage, it will come into play untapped. That's a pretty big cost. Bolting yourself's a, a pretty big deal. But hey, if you need the mana, you need the mana. And if you don't, hey, you can start off and start going, you know, doing your, your mono white thing. Uh, so yeah, this card is very, very strong. I think going to see a lot of play, maybe even in like your Azorius control. I think Ricky was like, maybe not, but I think me and, and you Ruckman were like, ah, I think so. So it just kind of oh, yeah, depends like, on right, your, it's, it's your just, look. It's just like you said, where um, if you if you take this instead of a 26th, 27th land right. and those types of decks, right, you know, if you, if you need to set up a turn and play it as a land, then great. But if not, here's another spell you have late game. Right. I, I think what I'm going to look at these cards at and like where it's important is like this in my deck is a comes into play tapped land that if I need it is a spell. Right. Because like if you draw it, like you can't be afraid to play it as a land if you need the land, especially mm-hmm. early. Right. Because you don't want to be having comes into play tap land on turn four when you're trying to wrap the board if you're this kind of control deck. So like you first just want to look at it as like, hey, this is a land in my deck. Right. This is going to take up a land spot or a half a land spot, whatever you want to look at it. But late game, if I draw it, I get a sweet spell. And I yeah. think that's where that's where we want to value these as far as making in-game decisions. I think this is definitely like you put it as a land slot. Like it's mm-hmm. definitely like when you're building your deck, you're like, I want to run 24, 25 lands. And like, this is going to be one of the lands. I know that the front right. side is Amiria's Call. Right. So that you have to orient this card as Amiria's Call in your hand. And it can be duress. It's a land that can be duress, which is right. also crazy. Mm-hmm. Real that's crazy time. Yeah. Um, but uh I think this card is you play it like it's a land and you're you're always wanting to play it as a land, but then sometimes you can cast the front half of it. And I think like the best deck for this is Mono White, where they get so much mana with their Emiria. Mm-hmm. And now without Walking Ballista, they don't have a big mana sink anymore. And this could be the mana sink where it's just like, here's two angels. The rest of my board is going to live through whatever wrath you have next turn. Mm-hmm. So it's like wrath insurance plus more angels. Can you plus like I can attack without being afeard of anything. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. except for Settle. Except for Settle the Wreckage, right? Who plays that card? I don't know. Good players? Nobody I know. <laughs> um, Ricky, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, my card is a lot less controversial, uh, as in, like, you don't have to think too hard about it. It's just <laughs> Roiling Vortex. It is a two-mana red enchantment for red and a colorless. It says, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, Roiling Vortex deals one damage to them. Make one Ricky smile. Uh, I'm already happy, so it's a <laughs> clock. Um... Whenever a player casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast that spell, deal five damage to that player. And pay one red, your opponents can't gain life this turn. Oh, it's even one-sided. Yeah. Lamau. Um, this is the aggro deck dream, as we call it. Uh, it's just going to constantly tick an extra point of damage, so if it sits on the board for at least two turns, yeah. it's done two damage. It's How main deckable is this card? Like, this seems like... I is think this, this card like is red? Main What's that uh, fairy of? black enchantment? Huh? What was the fairy black enchantment that dominated the metagame? Bitter Blossom? Bitter Blossom, Blossom. yeah. Is this, this like is not that? a Bitter Blossom, but it's very close to Sulfuric Vortex, mm-hmm. which is a card that was very, 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 very good. Sure, Still yeah. is very good. Um, this card's insane. The middle line of text is surprisingly important in Pioneer. Right. Um, lots of spells getting cast for no mana. Yeah, fire, especially if, uh, like, Fires keeps trying to take up in the meta mm-hmm. fires um we've got uh the bring delight bring delight we've got bolus citadel mm-hmm. 
all trying to cast spells without paying for them. How dare they? Take five. Mm-hmm. Take it. Oh my gosh. Th- yeah, this in Molus in, uh, in against the Citadel deck, like, <laughs> all right, pay eight for your Woe Strider. Yeah. Like, this card is insanely good, in my opinion. And then, like, you can just turn off their life gain for one red mana. So now they've got to play around you tapping out to try to gain any life. Um, like, uh, Timely is not in Pioneer. It's in Historic right now. But, like, you know, how are you going to Timely with this in play? Mm-hmm. Timely would be a good reprint. Um, like, it just, you know, you want a Sphinx's, uh, Sphinx's Rev? Well, you don't get the life. Like, mm-hmm. it's just sort of, like, a lot of incremental advantage and a lot of just very good anti 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 aggro. Can I say that? Sure, sure. sure. How many main deck <laughs> copies of this are we playing? I mean, like this two, just gives probably. you that reach, doesn't it? Uh, two probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty good reach, but also like uh, in matchups where you don't need this, or in like the aggro mirror where there's no life gain going to be happening. Mm-hmm. I think this card is easily sideboardable out. Right. Uh, I think yeah, this is like a two of in your main, two more in the sideboard, or maybe three in the board. This card's definitely seeing play in Pioneer, probably in Modern even. Uh, definitely in Standard. All the red sure. decks want this. And you can play it in the Luris deck, too, because it only costs two. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Uh, Ruckman, what's your first card? Yeah, so my first card's actually be two cards. What? Um, Cheater? And I, and I, have, to, I have to first say, um, on Monday, I was definitely, you know, I wasn't super behind your, your equipment talk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they're giving us some more stuff here that, you know, I still don't think it's gonna be tier one yet, Right. but, uh, maybe it's going to be enough to push tier two, maybe like tier 1.5, still probably more standard than pioneer. Uh, but I think one of these worlds so far could be playable even in like a pioneer type format. And that's just what they're doing with equipment. Right. Uh, the fact that at least the two we've seen so far now all have abilities where, they enter the battlefield and they attach to a creature. The equip cost is higher on them, but I mean, now essentially you're playing it as an aura. And then later on in the game, if the creature dies, well, you have to pay more to equip it. But hey, at least you got it for free on the front half. Mm-hmm. So, so far we have Ravager's Mace, which is one in Rakdos. Uh, again, it has that when it enters equip ability. Uh, equip creatures plus one, plus O oh, for each creature in your party and has menace. Again, your party consists of up to one of each cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard. Uh, let's also make note that if you have like a changeling or a mutavolt, they are not a complete party in unto themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, each creature can only be one member of the party. Um, and then the one I think so far um, that, you know, it's definitely not going to be Embercleave good, but I definitely, oh boy, is this pretty good. Is Maul of the Skyclaves right. for two and a white. Again, that enters the battlefield attached to something ability. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, has flying and first strike. Now, you know, I saw some people poo-pooing this on Twitter saying, hey, paying three mana for a spectral flight. This is a spectral flight you can use later if that creature dies and also gives first strike for just a mana more. Right. Um, you know, is this going to take over Pioneer? I don't know. I, you know, I'm still on the edge, but is this going to be like a solid, like tier two, maybe even a tier 1.5 just deck you take to your locals and stuff like that. I think so. I mean, we already have a lot of Knights from Eldraine that care about equipment and we're obviously going to get more cards that care about equipment. Um, and so I think by having this new ideology with equipment, uh, and again, sort of getting that rid of that feels bad. If now you're not, you're essentially not taking two turns off to play, your card, right, to put it in the battlefield, then pay more mana to throw it on a guy. And if at that point, if the guy just dies, well, now you just time-walked yourself two turns in a row. Yeah, I couldn't you know, have said it better you myself. Get to, you, get to, you get to play your aura, 
or you deploy your equipment, it just slaps on exactly, and then you know if the creature dies in response, well, you can just slap it onto something later, later on down the line. Yeah, I think I think the big part about this is it shows that the attach for free the first time uh, mechanic is is going to be a heavy thing in the set, and that gives me hope for the rest of the spoilers that we're going to see a deck come together that utilizes equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see like a deck playing uh, fervent champion, you know, stuff like that. So the other all drain cards, I'm sure there's be more cards that care about just having equipment themselves. So it's interesting. And I like sort of uh, this design space of, again, you know, with the lands and stuff like that is the double face cards. Uh, we're sort of just trying to get rid of some of the feels bads of magic. Sure. It just Ricky. seems really weird to me because like um, most of the like support for equipment archetypes in the past mm-hmm. um, all do with like helping you equip for free anyways. Sure. So like Sigarda's A lets you equip for free. Um, the the knight commander says knight equip for zero. The uh, championship card equips for less. Yeah. Uh, so like, it's just weird to me that you want to make an equipment archetype with equipment that already just sort of snaps on, where yeah, all these I mean, cards are can, like reducing equipment. You can, you can shift costs. them around though with those cards. For sure, for sure. It's just sort of like weird to me that like it seems to like go against their design philosophy where equipment based decks mm-hmm. like hammer and Nizam is really cool because it equips all your equipment on automatically. Sure. Um, it's not a bad design. I like the design of these cards. I think these yeah. cards are going to see play in standard. Um, they're going to do well. They're going to really do well in limited, but like uh, to me, it just seems really weird and contradictory to like, like Eldraine had a bunch of equipment and like all the mechanics of the equipment was reducing the equip cost. Yeah, but I mean that's that was sort of just a thing that the knights did. That wasn't necessarily about the equipment. And here, equipment is like the theme they're going is is the um, archetype they're going for here, right? Right. Also, does this mean we can see Embercleave as a reprint here? Maybe. Maybe. I think this Ember- could have to do with like a change in design philosophy, where like the equipment push cards before weren't working. So like now, if you think about it, like let's say you want a powerful equipment deck, you don't have to worry about finding your like two of guy that helps you attach equipment for free. You can just play powerful creatures, and then your equipments will go straight on and make them even better, right? Like, and then if you want to make equipment matters cards in other ways, you'll be able to do it. So like, I think this is a design philosophy change of like, hey, what we tried before didn't work. Let's see if we can make equipment matters happen in another form where our equipments are going to be able to equip for free the first time, and maybe again you get some reequip for free type value off those creatures or hey mm. again we don't have to we can play good creatures and not have to worry about it as much because our equipment's going to take care of it itself so right it's just so crazy like ember cleave is just such a pushed card once again eldraine being pushed and broken right yeah yeah but it's just mm. like what does it take to get an equipment playable in standard and in like other formats it's just well, like it costs two it flashes it equips for free it gives both of the best abilities in the game <laughs> right so uh, who wants who wants the next card? Uh, we'll come back around to me if you want. Yeah. Uh, let's do Linvala Shield of Seagate. Now we've got a lot of spoilers we're going to be going over in the coming weeks, um, so don't worry if we don't get to your favorite one. But this one I like a lot just for the fact that I think this slots well into either existing decks or will make some decks a little more playable, give them some redundancy. So Linvala Shield of Seagate costs a colorless, a white, and a blue. It's a three-three flyer. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you have a full party, choose target non-land permanent on opponent controls, and then until your next turn, it can't attack 
block and its activated abilities can't be activated. So that's nice to stop something, you know, I've liked how they've changed that mechanic from what it was before, where it's almost like a two turn thing. It's not a full turn cycle, but it's your turn and their turn. So like not a full, I guess it is a full turn cycle, not two turns, but one turn cycle. So, um, advantage there. The big one here is Sacrifice Linvala, choose Hexproof or Indestructible. Creatures you control gain that ability to lead a turn. So we were bringing up uh, Selfless Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. This is kind of an extra effect on top of that. This is Legendary, so it's got like some synergy with like some Legendary um, type effects, but that's going to be a big one uh, at because it's got more toughness on it. So we get an extra type of that effect. It's got Flying, so we can, you know, either work with like some Flying uh, tribal or something like that so this is a card that i think is going to make with some of the other very very strong blue white kind of tempo creatures make it into some decks i mean you're talking legendary stuff right i mean mm-hmm. all of dominaria's blue white was just legendaries um, i'm not saying it's going to be the best thing in the world but i mean you know can we can we play some raft capuchin and pioneer again or for once, I guess. Right. And I think what the big thing about this, right, is like you look at the amount of disruption this is going to start to offer between like whether or not we want to play this and like with a couple spirits or not. But now we start being able to have like enough effects where we don't have to worry about tapping out and then worry about getting wrath or removal spelled our most important small guys. Because like before, you would want to keep mana open and we would want to do like a spell yeah. caller type effect, which is still great. Like, you know, we're definitely get a lot of competition to three drop spot between. Um, spell caller, potentially reflector mage. We may or may not be on that strategy, but just the ability to hey, look, we've presented a threat, but it's also a threat that protects our other threats. It's well, kind now, of a now your now your selfless spirit doesn't eat every removal spell in existence, and then they can just it, 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 wrath after they just spot removal your guy. Right, sure, sure. Yeah. And in the world of collected company, I don't think three is much different from two. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, <clears> if this we want to do way some better stats, type stuff. Maybe this makes our bank cocoa better because we're going to play more threes and less twos. So like now we're getting more value off of our cocoa. So I think that's a great point. That's a great point. So that's what I'll have to say about that card. It protects you from reflector mage, like way better than like uh, cleric can. Like it just like sometimes just like that hexproof is going to matter. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Like I'm just saying like uh, we're in like the flash decks, right? Mm -hmm. You can use it to trigger Avacyn just like you did normally, but now instead of giving Indestructible, because Avacyn already gives that, Mm -hmm. you can give Hexproof. Sure. Keep us from getting exiled or minus four, minus forward. Right. Like a grasp or something like that, so. I think it's sweet. I think it's a sweet card. And then if you can can hit party, it's just, like, better, right? That's the Shed's case, that's for sure. Uh, Ricky, what's your card? Speaking of party, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. Um... You guys have fun with all your warriors and your wizards and your clerics. I'm going to be over here with the rogues. Okay. Uh, I don't need the rest of the party. I got my rogues. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've actually changed my pick uh, from last time because that's how rogue I am. Hey. Uh, And we're going to be talking about Zareth San, the trickster. Okay. Uh, This is a five mana, blue, black, and three for a legendary creature, Merfolk Rogue. And he has flash. He also has a lot of words on him that describe an old Kamigawa uh, mechanic called Ninjutsu. What's that? I've never heard of that mechanic before. Uh, Essentially for four mana, Mm -hmm. we can return an unblocked attacking rogue. So if we attack with our rogues and one of them for some reason is not blocked, maybe because it's hard to block or it has death touch or flying, um, we can put Zareth into play from our hand, tapped and attacking. 
This is after blockers have so, already been so, declared. So what you're saying is this has the C dash or octopus ability? Uh, it's <laughs> sort of like C dash or octopus. Um, uh, and we get our rogue back. Whatever rogue we were attacking with goes back to our hand. So if it had a good ETBs or anything like that, we can always play it back again, keep it safe so we're less uh, less prone to being board wiped. But yeah. whenever Zara Sand deals combat damage to a player, we can put any permanent card from their graveyard into our battlefield for us. We steal it. We get it? We get it. It's ours. What? Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Have you guys heard of this little card? It's not played very much in Pioneer, but it's called, I think it's called a uh, Thought Take. No, no, no. Mm, thought close. Seize. Thought, thought Seize. seize. Never All right, so that lets us look at our opponent's hand and take anything and put it in their yard. Sounds okay. And then Surprise we can steal it. it. Um, so just like, just imagine just like knocking your opponent's Teferi into the yard and then taking it on turn four when you swing. Or even worse, like let's take like an Ugin or a Void Winnower or something stupid. <laughs> um, you know what? Does you your know opponent instantly concede if you steal their Ugin? What? Go ahead. I'm disappointed that we can't keep our opponent's Uro. We cannot yeah. keep our opponent's Uro. We can trigger it. We sure can trigger it. <laughs> um, uh, we can do a lot of stuff with this. Also, uh, we got Rogue's support in M21 with a little one drop with Flash that says every time we play a Rogue, we mill our opponent's two. So are we going to play Flash Rogue's? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, I'm going to be playing Rogue's. You know what okay. else? You know what else is a rogue that's really hard to block? What? Glint sleeve siphoner. Oh, has okay. menace, and we want to play it again because we get more energy if we play it again. Uh, okay. I'm just saying, like, uh, rogues is real, and prepare for the deck list and all the tinfoil hats uh, coming to you soon. Uh, we're taking our opponent's stuff, uh, and we're gonna steal it, like every good rogue does. So that's my card. Okay, I'm gonna be over uh, here with clerics. I'm just gonna let you know right now. Well, if Ricky if Ricky's changing his pick, I'm gonna change it. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna change mine. Yeah. You know, you know, I I love some aggressive strategies, right? Right. And and when I heard, oh wait, step links, right? But in red, I was like, that's pretty sweet. But then I saw the better version of it. Uh, that's also red and green. We got Brushfire Elemental, not officially spoiled yet, but someone opened a pack. And uh, there's not some of the cards from it. Brush it was Elemental. Gavin Verhey. He opened the pack. Oh, Gavin opened the pack? Oh, <laughs> Gavin okay, opened cool. the pack, yeah. Oh, okay, fine then. Good, I can talk <laughs> about this then. Because how many, the last few sets we've gotten has been people like, oh, my store, the crate fell off the truck early. Here we go. <laughs> no, Gavin opened uh, this on a stream. Okay, cool. So Gavin showed us off this card, so I can talk about it for sure then. Uh, Brush Fire Elemental, red and green for a 1-1 Elemental with haste. Brushfire Elemental can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. And whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, Brushfire Elemental gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. This card's pretty dope. I mean, like, the not being able to be blocked by little dirty dudes is sweet. The Steplings plus two, plus two, and land enters the battlefield is sweet. It's got haste. Obviously, you know, it's kind of like a turn three play. Maybe a turn two if you have a Mana Dork, just because... Uh, you kind of want the trigger when you attack with it, right? Like, I don't, I don't see a world where I'm attacking with this one, one unless my opponent's board is entirely empty. But do you guys want to go on a little bit of a journey with me? I'm ready. Is that a magical take me, journey? Take me to Christmas land. 
it's okay. So it's not really that magical Christmas land. I think we have enough to play like red green elementals. So we've got this guy. I'm sure there's some more I haven't I haven't thought of yet. And then we've got the aforementioned red stepling. So the elemental dog uh, landfall gets plus two plus two. It's a zero one. And then let me uh, have you guys remember a little card called Risen Reef? Risen Reef? What does that do? What is that? So it's uh, what? It's a 1 1 elemental for yep. 1 in Simic. Uh, but when an elemental enters the battlefield, look at the top card of your library. If it's a land, put it into play. If not, draw it, right? Right. So here's a way of all of our later guys, even, even if you have another Brush Elemental with Risen Reef in play, you smack this down. You maybe get another trigger if you don't even have one a land to play for your hand. I don't know. Like this is Wait, this is all just is, is that same whenever theory? any elemental enters the battlefield under your control? When any elemental enters the battlefield under my control. Not I don't token, believe I think. You. I don't believe you. That just seems way too powerful. No, it, it doesn't even have to be non-token because we got trekked once by Rizum oh, plus right. Master of Waves. I remember that. <laughs> I remember 50. It was the sea. It was the veritable sea of Risen Reef Triggers. <laughs> I never played Magic the Gathering again. I'm still just sitting here waiting for that number of Risen Reef Triggers to resolve from that game. That's how many Risen Reef Triggers because were there. Because they also had oh uh, Nabon in play? Yeah, and so it copied it copied uh, triggered abilities. So they got double the number of both the trigger from Master of Waves, I believe, Yes. And and the risen reef triggers. That's what I'm talking about. So uh, yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know if this is great, but I just see this card and like step links plus this guy. I'm a little excited. Hey, we've also got like a Tarkus command. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's a oh, lot of room to mess a land around. into play, doesn't it? Doesn't it, it have does. a mode to put a land into play? In this yeah. Game? Why are we even playing Rose Spiral? Play a Tarkus command. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know. This is theory crafting, but I think there's some there's some area to mess around with here and it should be a little bit of fun um also real quick not my pick essentially because we're gonna start wrapping up but uh you know i i may or may not be a little afeard of, of lotus cobra lotus cobra is definitely a card that's pretty good at magic the gathering um it feels like a really high variance card yeah i mean that's kind of what it always is it's just like either like way too much mana or it mm-hmm. just comes into play and you're just like um I don't know, like, play a land, I guess get, like, green um, pass, you know? Like, sometimes that happens, yeah. and you're just like, ooh. And then sometimes it's like Lotus Cobra, and your opponent just goes shock. Oh, right. yeah, I mean, the good news is it eats about every one-mana removal spell we could play. And even if we're on the draw, if we have, like, a black or red source up, we can easily kill it, like, the turn they play it. So that's why I'm not, like, super worried about it. But at the same time, you know, when you see this card and we've got Azusa kicking around still that hasn't found a home. Yeah. Uh, you've got Growth Spirals and Uros running around. It's this explosive. is a card, you know, it, it could it could rack up really fast. Um, I think this alt, is, like... But the alt art is gorgeous, though. Oh, the alt art is so gorgeous. It's, it's one of the better looking cards I've seen. It really is. Like, that. the theme of that is just amazing. You know, it's so sad that we're talking about Lotus Cobra, like... Like, oh, this, like, may be a card. Because, like, remember when it first came out? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it wasn't, like, awe-inspiring, like, game-ending type stuff. But it was a big deal. Like, it was a powerful thing. You had to kill it. But, like, these days, like, is, like, the green ramp decks, are they even going to want to play this? Like, I guess, right? Like, just because it's extra mana. But there's just so many other good ramp cards. Like, why am I going to pay two mana for a creature that you can kill? 
when just so like we, we live in a fetchless format. Yeah, when I have an yeah. when I have an instant that gets me an extra land and replaces itself, right? It's just like it's just so much like worse in a world where we have the insanely powerful ramp spells that we already have that it's kind of just funny to me. It's still a good card, but it's funny like the lack of impact it has at least on our on our first impressions of it. It's because there's just so much other good ramp, you know. It's definitely a calculated reprint, and I hope the calculations are right for once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very very true. All right, so obviously there's been plenty of cards that we haven't talked about. I mean, we've got Omnath already. We've got uh, a Hedron Crab. There's plenty of stuff to talk about, and we'll be picking these back up on Monday, the recording for next week. Um, yeah, so Chris, do you want how to – how do we want to kick it? Ricky, how do we want to kick it back to our, our past selves? Uh, you know – Make sure the the winning lottery numbers are one, two, three, four. <laughs> That's right. Uh, right. Past me. Yeah. Uh, be careful. The foot on the armoire sticks out just a little bit more than you think it does. You're gonna stub <laughs> your toe. It's gonna bleed. It's gonna be real bad. Right. Uh, uh, you know, do well with yourself. You know. Yeah. Don't oh, kiss your mom. Here, here is the book of sports results from two days. For here's all the sports results from between Monday and recording this. Right. Right. We didn't play sports. The Bucks lose COVID. again. <laughs> yeah okay there you go all right guys uh back to the back to our past selves hello past selves well those are some cool spoilers right i love the one that was the land it did things it was wow awesome. those cards were really cool and i can't wait to open them in my uh set booster two mana siege rhino was wild right chris ridiculous my my, my favorite spoiler for sure what was your favorite spoiler, Ricky? Definitely the strictly better Wishclaw Talisman. <laughs> uh, I liked Hedron Crabs. Oh, that crab was mom? just Hedron Chlamydia. Well, it would well, no, no, not that one. <laughs> Where it's it's you know how they t- how uh, Lanawar uh, Mystic was Elvish Mystic or Lanawar Elves and Elvish Visionary stapled together. I do know that it's just two Hedron Crabs stapled together. Nice. So that's a pretty dope one. Um, dog, all right, I heard you like so crabs and your crabs. Yeah, we're going to do a little bit of a, a double dozen slap. So, Chris, uh, do your best. How do you want to summon this theme song? I'd like to take you back to my ASMR experience of dozen slap. Oh! That, I guess that's payback for kind of like mm-hmm. not be not accidentally BMing you a minute ago. There you go. All right, let's start with uh, – hey, we're talking about Rhinos. So let's talk about Witch Maw Midrange by Theros King over on the Discord. Theros uh, King. This is, this is the deck that started off as Abzan, but they said they decided to add some blue uh, to it because Abzan wasn't just cutting it. So here we have – we have two Charming Prince, two Cheville Bane of Monsters, one Knight of Autumn, two Reflector Mage, four Siege Reno – Two Spark Double, two the Scarab God, two Uro Titan of Nature's Wrath, two Assassin's Trophy, three Mystical Dispute, three Thoughtseize. Uh, we've got two Nissa Voices Zendikar, one Sworn Vengeful Bloodlord, three Teferi Time Raveler, two Vrascal Gogari Queen, three Oath of Kaya. In the sideboard, we've got some Aether Gust, three to the consoles, Aven Mind Sensor, Fatal Push, Elder Spell, and Unmoored Ego. Um. So, okay, look. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. 
I, I respect the blue splash, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's a little too much blue splash for what's going on here. I think Judge. So. Um, also, did you say Judge, uh, Ricky? Judge, oh, yes, Ricky. Um, if I activate Scarab God targeting Spark Double, and then have Spark Double come into play as a copy of Reflector Mage, is it a five-five Reflector Mage? Because uh, we get to create a token that's a copy of the creature, except it's a black zombie. So we make a copy of Spark Double, except it's a four-four black zombie. So no, um, I believe it would be a three-three Reflector Mage. A three-four Reflector Mage. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. That's all I wanted to know. Sure. Uh, after that, uh, yeah, go for it. Um, so like I'm down for adding Scarab God and Uro. Those seem like good ones. Right. I'm kind of out on Reflector Mage and Spark Double just because we're playing Cheville and I don't think our removal suite is good enough to play Cheville. Right. So I kind of want to put the, the fatal pushes back in the main board. Uh, I'm kind of in on Oath of Kaya, but if we're going deep on this, this mana base for multicolored, I think they could be Oath of Nissa's. Yeah. And, um, Look, Nissa Voice's Zendikar is fine if we're in a token strategy. I'm not trying to be too negative here. Um, but I would like to, I think, see Nissa who shakes the world. Just because uh, when we have our triumphs in play, and I think we're going to need to play some more triumphs here, um, it'll they'll tap for double mana. Right. Letting us do what we want to do. I mean, I, I, I swear we didn't really talk about this together much before this, but I, I pretty much feel the same way. I feel like there's too much blue. This mana base seems like it's going to be more expensive than my car. And I, I don't think we currently have enough removal spells for Cheville. I don't really like charming Prince. Um, and so if we're not going to like, kind of be going mid range into siege rhino, I don't hate a more planeswalker focus strategy where we do get to play with Nissa because I, I'm a little concerned about this mana and then play some walkers. Um, I think we need some, like, I think we, like, up the green. We focus on the green a little more. Maybe play some geese just to help, again, help out with the mana. Right. I, I like I like some goose, um, but I do like some other things, right? Like, I like our thought seasons. I like our assassin's trophies for removal. I think Uro is just, if you, you know, hey, if you're going to splash blue for Uro, I, I can't argue against it, right? I think just, Uro and Scarab God are very good splashes. I agree with and you. And then if we keep, if we put in Oath of Nyssa, we can maybe a little better justify the Teferi, but I think the Teferi is maybe not the best here. I'm down for Teferi if we're going to play Oath of Nyssa just because I think the card's so strong, right? Like, okay, it just, sure. it's, it's going to let us, it's going to give us time, and time is what we need to get our mid-range. Because again, we're talking about Siege Rhino Scarab God. That combo sure. is scary, and I feel like does give us the can, inevitability. Can I just say then that I'm out on to, on Soren? I'm out on Soren as well. Yeah, I, I think we can replace, I think if we're going to play a double green Nyssa, I'd rather it be the five mana one. Um, yeah, And again, no, I'd want a little more ramp. And again, if you're going to splash blue, I, in my opinion, it should probably be for uh, Uro plus uh, Gross Spiral. Yeah. Just because Gross Spiral just does it all, right? It's a cantrip. There's almost no reason not to play it. And it's almost like playing, um, you know, one of the cantrips from Modern, uh, the mm-hmm. Phyrexian one that got banned. It's like, why just, why not play it? It's a free, yeah. it's a free cantrip almost. In this case, it's not because I have to pay for it. But the point is, it's just so strong. Why would you not? So, and I as like counterintuitive as, as counterintuitive as this sounds, I right. think the more colors we add, the less Fable Passages we play because Fable Passages makes us play more basics. Right. And it's just going to – we don't have options we're tutoring for basics. So I think if we like cut back – like I'm down for like two Fable Passage maybe. Mm-hmm. But we like up this Triumph count, drop the basic count. Um, we're going to take a lot of damage to Mana Confluence. is why I think like also probably up that Triumph count some. Agreed. 
Yeah, triumphs are are not that bad, right? Like, I think it can be interesting because, like, when you, if you do want to play any amount of check lands, they do tick all the boxes for those, or any amount of like mm-hmm. the utility lands that are letting you scry or whatever else. They may not work here, but uh, just to, you know, they, that is an upside of them. So again, I think I think triumphs are better than they get credit for. And like you said, I think we want more of them. Here. Ricky, what stands out to you here? All right, are you guys done with this? Dead done. Okay, gentlemen. Yeah. This deck is one thing, and that is greedy. Right. And greed is good. Okay, Gordon Gecko. Uh, I do think Chevelle needs to go. Sorry, mm-hmm. we're not playing removal here. But however, I do think that we are playing 20 cards too few for this deck. Oh my <laughs> god. This there is... A I don't Yorian hate it. Deck. Right. This is a Yorian deck. We're playing Charming Prince. I like Charming Prince. Sure, sure. Right. We're trying if, to listen, re-trigger we're our Reflector Yorian, Mages. Count me back in on the Charming Prince, okay? We're trying to trigger our Reflector Mages, trigger our Siege Runnesses. We're playing Spark Double while we're playing Scarab God. We're playing Oro. Uh, I like almost every card in this deck but Cheville. Mm-hmm. And I think we just need to add like another um, 10 lands and then up our creature counts and... Uh, you know, throw in a few more cards. I don't like Soren either. Uh, Teferi's fine. Vrask is fine. Othakaya, great, because we can blink it with our Yorian. Sure. I think this is a Yorian deck. This looks hot. Let's bring in the Fatal Push. Bring them back, you know? Um, let's bring in uh, Elspeth Conqueror's Death. Let's bring in some Omen of the Seas. Let's let's play a Yorian deck. Let's do it. I, I, I like the strategy. I think this is like, like a green Esper Yorian deck, and I think this could be hot. I don't think it's... Um, I, I don't think Siege Rhino is playable. I have to say that only due to Pi right. uh, ramifications. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Pi based, ad, uh, you know, uh, I have to say Siege Rhino is not good enough. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to play Siege Rhino, this looks like the way I want to play Siege Rhino, and it's with a Yorian. Yeah, guys, I think I think the blink aspect of that, let's just lean into it. I, I am totally down. I'm totally down. If we're playing four colors, might as well. All right. right. Okay. All right. Uh, are we ready to give slap thoughts then? Sure. All right. Uh, I'm going to give this, based on Ricky's recommendation, Don't take I'm going to my... give this 60 cards that it's currently playing of the 80 that it will play. You're so rude. You're so rude. <laughs> You're so unbelievably rude. <laughs> um, I am going to give this the obvious four out of five. No! I want that one triangle. too! <laughs> You can't take Siege Rhino. You hate Siege Rhino. Ricky, what do you want to rate this deck? Yeah, Ricky, give us your thoughts. <laughs> I'm going to give this deck... Um, I'm going to give this deck uh, clearly the... Uh, A two out of three hosts that are now dead to you? <laughs> the... The... <laughs> Scry two out of the game three life that Charming Prince does. You couldn't come up with anything better than that. That was weak, Ricky. That was weak. Oh my god! (laughs) I will give this. I give this deck a a a one out of the three for the uh, number of hosts that have any honor. <laughs> Look, if I if if you thought I had honor, clearly you haven't been paying attention to how hard I try to shill us out every episode. To whoever's <laughs> willing to give us money, we're still waiting, Olive Garden. We're still waiting. we're still waiting, Olive Garden. That's not that's not a lack of honor. That's that's just survival. Okay, sure, you're that's right. That's just good All business right. sense. All right, let's let's go. Speaking of sponsorships, 
uh, Wookie Wasabi uh, knows what I like, and I just saw Whataburger, and I didn't care the, how the rest of the deck was. I just saw Whataburger, and uh, I had to go there. Whataburger's yeah. limited Pico, Pico to Guy, guy <laughs> is the name of the deck. This is some, like, legacy deck naming, right? Uh, also, like, uh, Wookie Wasabi's great. He plays Commander with us every time we play Commander, and, and uh, he just attacks me. Uh, yeah. relentlessly, which is <laughs> never the wrong decision. Uh, you're absolutely correct to do it every time. So, all right. Uh, so what we got here in our Pico de Gallo burger is a Naya take on uh, essentially Boros feather. feather. So we've got the Dreadhorde Arcanist, the favorite hoplites, the feathers, two district legionnaires. Uh, our side we're adding green for is we're getting Collision Colossus uh, because given something plus four, plus two and tramples, pretty big game. We're also getting giant growth here and a card that I think that's a little, you know, I'm surprised by how good it is. But every time I see it, it just blows me away uh, is Season of Growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we got blown out by that card when we were like, oh, let's just leave our opponent with Season of Growth only. And they proceeded to play their Season of Growth top deck like a couple good cards. And that's all they needed to just win the game. Yeah, because they just drew a million cards. So, Ricky, you like Feather. What do you, what do you think about this? The fan is playing 18 lands. Woo! None of them basics. Let's roll. Basics are yep. for scrubs. I think that um, the Dreadhorde Arcanist number and the 10th District Legionnaire number need to change. But other I was, than I was going to say that with Feather. Ooh. We're on 18 land. <laughs> we have Season of Growth, which is like better Feather. Yeah. Um... Like, I could see that. Um, we're playing Reckless Rage, though. Yeah, I guess so. Sure, why not? Um, also, I would... I, it's so it's so greedy. I love this deck so much. Um, <laughs> he's That's playing Infuriates instead of any form of protection. Right. He is not playing... He's playing Crash Through. So Crash Through is not actually helpful for us. I get, like, I think we need to cut the Crash Throughs and play some God's Willings. Yeah, okay. Uh, this deck is definitely godless right now, as is. <sighs> this deck his this deck has no respect. This deck like it runs you over and it's like, you lose to a single removal spell, and it's like, yeah, but did you have it? Right. Right. And, and the thing is, like, as the greedier the control decks become, um somebody just said, somebody just posted no maybe no crash three. Yeah, on the on the comments too. That's too funny. Um the greedier the the big decks go right because they're realizing that removal may not be good against each other. The more, you know, for lack of a better term, almost inbred, they come playing mystical disputes, the better these kinds of decks come become where it's like, well, you don't, you're not playing targeted removal. You're playing a wrath. Well, by the time you get to even your turn three, you're going to be dead, you know, or you're going to be at five life. I'll be able to rebuild because I only played one or two creatures. I drew a couple more and I can replay them and get you when you tap out to get your Yorian or whatever, you know, it's the old Coblade. uh, conundrum where like Cobblade wanted to cut Gideon because it's not good in the Cobblade mirror mm-hmm. and that just opened the door for vampires to walk in yep just never without... open the door for vampires to walk in I'm gonna tell you that's actually experience. their main rule yeah never uh never let in a vampire well you yeah. can you can open the door you just can't let them in right 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 I know this is greedy right but part of me wants to cut collision colossus or cut crash throughs for two of that uh, two mana instant that doubles the power of a creature. Ah, come on. I know. No, no, yes. no, no, no. I think no. so. I think so. 
Collision Colossus so. is just way better. Like, it already doubles, essentially, because we're going to get plus four, plus two. It gives Trample, right? which is important. Collision Colossus is good. Collision Colossus is good. Maybe two of the Crash Through Spot, because Crash Through Spot's not very good. It goes to but that's that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. Just because, again, I think at some point, right, you're going to get to that, you know, three or four mana, and you're going to want to, you know, giant growth plus double the power. And in a lot of these, you know, things, that's, that's more irrelevant. Right? Just please like, play Sheltering Light. All you, play what? you just play Sheltering Light or God's Willing for the crash through spots, and I say just let it ride. No. I want to see the double power. Especially like a favorite highlight. It's it's going to be like six power. You're just going to kill him dead. Which is greedy. just going to be the raid roach killer of the format. Right? You're way too greedy. I, I agree, but hey, we're going, we're going feather. I'm not saying play four of it. I'm saying play a couple of it. That's what I'm telling you. And again, I think it's going to be worth it. A lot of our creatures just get bigger from playing that card anyway. And again, it's, it's. I think it's going to be important, especially you know when you're trying to get people dead on the in the end of the game. All right. Well, we, we're already going to add on another about 20 minutes of spoiler talks. So let's yeah. let's wrap this one up. All what right. Do you, what do you guys think? Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Go, Ricky. I'm going to rate this deck eight dollars and fifty nine cents. Uh, which is the cost of a Pico de Gallo burger combo meal at Whataburger. <laughs> out of what? Uh, out of eight ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, out of uh, this deck gets a hundred percent from me. That's why I'm just telling you the price of a Pico de Gallo burger. Yeah, fair. I- I'm going to give this a uh, one thousand two hundred out of two thousand, which is the amount of calories a Pico de Gallo burger has out of the daily value that you're recommended to have. <laughs> I'm going to give this deck a three out of 384, uh, which is the cost of a 32 ounce Dr. Pepper milkshake, which is going to be perfect to wash down <laughs> that Pico de Gallo combo. You can't wash things down with a milkshake. That's not how milkshakes work. Um, yes, that's yes, fluid yes. dynamics. This is, the, this is a Dr. Pepper milkshake, Ricky. Yeah, you, I don't know where you're from, but in the, around these parts. All right, that's it. We're getting, we're getting Dave, an electrical engineer on the show next time. He's going to discuss the fluid dynamics of a Dr. Pepper shake. Uh, he's an electrical dyna- di- engineer. What does he know about fluid dynamics? He he took Check fluid me. dynamics. No, nah, he's an electrical engineer, though. He doesn't have a degree in fluid dynamics. He's not a fluid engineer. <laughs> lightning he's is a fluid. He's an electric engineer. I'm pretty sure lightning is a fluid. He'll test that, too. I thought it's lightning a was a cat. plasma. What's that? The thing in your blood. Oh, okay. Anyways, those anyway. are some great spoilers. Those were some very good, very greedy doesn't slap because let's see how greedy these spoilers are. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, we're going to get a little greedy. Not really, though. Uh, coming up this week, we're going to be launching our Patreon. Uh, just another way people to try and support us if they want to go chuck in a buck. We have three tiers of it. Uh, the tiers are. Okay. We're gonna have the basic tier crew member one dollar a month. Uh, any anytime we post another video on YouTube or at the end of the stream, uh, when we take a break. I'm just gonna your name's gonna go up on there. Just to say hey, thanks for supporting us. Um, then our second tier is five dollars. Praise the wag. You're gonna get an exclusive either a podcast uh, that'll just be us just talking, having fun like we normally do off the podcast. You're a lot of uh, maybe some more magic stories, some non magic related. Uh, talk from us, maybe just our, our studio album of, of, of cover songs <laughs> as we sing bad karaoke. 
Uh, and then our top tier at $15 is going to be the OG Social, uh, which has to be kind of uh, – again, each tier you get the same thing of once below. I'm sure you guys know the whole Patreon spiel by now. Uh, but what that is going to be is once a month, one of us uh, – each month, one of us is going to curate a little bit of a goodie bag. That's going to include some signed cards, uh, just sort of things like that as a little thanks uh, they're all of you sort of kind of relevant to the podcast, Sign, right? Signed by us, not anybody. No, not like, yeah, not si- like Tom signed, Cruise. Signed by us. Uh, I mean, hey, maybe we get some si- t- signed Tom Cruise cards. We'll That's see. That's true. If I get Tom Cruise to sign a magic card, I will send it out as part of that thing. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, for instance, hey, maybe this first – the first month, maybe you guys might get some uh, Almighty Brushwag signed by one of us. Mm. That'd be kind of no. nice, mm. huh? That's just an example, right? Uh, some signed cards, sort of things that uh, will be relevant. It'll, again – each month will be a different one of us just so we're not sort of shipping cards from here to there to there and then to you, right? Um, so, yeah. So, you know, uh, consider don- consider joining that, donating to us. Uh, it'll just, just help us things start growing, keep going forward. Uh, it'll be able to help pay for, like, podcast editing and stuff like that. Uh, even producing the podcast itself because this it does cost right. a little bit of money to do and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so the, the more the money audio. we have coming – the audio hardware is something like I've listened to some podcasts recently where the, I've wanted them to be solid, but unfortunately, like, the audio quality is just like absolutely terrible. It's it's also just hosting the show and stuff like right. that. Uh, right. It, it mm-hmm. just it just opens avenue for us to do a little more and branch out a little more, um, and to help you know cover costs. We want to do something extra and things like that. So that'd be fun. Um, again, nothing you guys currently receive will be restricted to the Patreon. Uh, we're going to have the podcast every week. We're going to have streams. Uh, the Discord isn't going to become retroactively limited. Is going to no. be retroactively limited. In fact, uh, we want more people in it. Go join the Discord. If you, Discord yeah, if, you you're, if you're not currently on, please if join you have the Discord. friends who want to join, get them in here too. We, we're trying to make this obviously as big as possible. So. Yep. Especially because we're trying to ramp up for when Pioneer breaches. Yep. Bigger arena, tournaments, bigger so, things like yep. that, right? Yep. So this is just, again, going to help us achieve all those goals. And if we build a following, hopefully maybe we can get another Olive Garden shill out of it. There we go. All right, guys. So, again, please consider that and support us otherwise how you normally do. Again, I know things are the easiest right now for some people, uh, but it means a lot to us if you can and do decide to support us in this way. Um, Anything else, guys, before we close out here? No, we again, we would greatly appreciate it if you guys do. It would definitely help us a lot as far as um, helping us expand. If you can't, no big deal. But we figured it was about time to start doing it again. Right now, it's just going to help cover the cost of things that we already do, and maybe help us expand if we if we get more than we think we will. Yeah, and again, I just do want to stress: nothing you guys currently get from us will be retroactively limited because of a Patreon. Absolutely not. All right. Well, you can follow me on the official Twitter at Crew3Podcast and, of course, stream me on Crew3MTG. And again, I keep saying it, but, you know, especially with Zendikar coming out, expect some uh, some deck techs going up on the YouTube's channel. You can find Chris over at... It's underscore Christmas without the T in Christmas. You can find Ricky at... At also Steve. and occasionally streaming on the Dora Monster channel over there. Uh, I want to remind everyone this Saturday, of course, is our next webcam monthly event for that coveted Crew 3 Championship. Uh, Ricky, are you you making you take a name this again this time? Of course. Yeah. Chris, you Uh, think you're going to be able to make it actually this time? I think I'll be able to make it. I don't think that I'll be able to get different cards in, so I don't think the deck that I want to play I'll be able to play. But I have enough cards to uh, play one of the decks that I, I Cool, cool, cool. Well, it should be a lot of fun. And then, of course, I'm still waiting on everything to be finalized. 
but we should be part of the streamer showcase on the 16th through the early previews of Zendikar cards. So we're excited for that. Uh, we're going to get, hopefully, uh, at the very least, two of us together. Maybe, Chris, we'll see what happens there. If not, hopefully we can Discord you in for a bit and just have some fun that way. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Thank you guys for joining us. Again, please consider the Patreon if you can. Uh, yeah, let's, and uh, hopefully, you know, uh, there were some good Zendikar spoilers this week. I'm sure there were. There we go. I'm sure of it. <laughs> All right, talk to you guys later. Talk to you guys Bye. later. Bye. Bye.